recreationally. And when you factor in the knowledge behind those terpenes, you can say, if I have to take this throughout the day to maybe fight depression, maybe fight feeling lethargic, maybe being able to go to sleep at night, maybe enhancing sex, all of these things we feel, while we can't say that they are sensation-based, we can say that the activity that you do while you're under the influence of these particular combinations will enhance that experience. From MJ Bulls Media, it's the Raising Cannabis Capital Show. Today on Raising Cannabis Capital, we are joined by Joe Ori, the co-founder at Six Labs. Joe, welcome to the show. Thanks for having me, Dan. It's a pleasure to be here. I'm glad to have you. We haven't had a cultivator on our show in a while, and it's a sector that there's a lot going on, and you guys are right in the middle of it. And so I said, this, we need to definitely have these guys on because we need an update. Let's start by talking about Six Labs. Just give us a, an idea of your facilities and where you're based and everything. Sure. We have about 70,000 square feet under grow. We hold ourselves out to wanting to be the largest craft grower in the United States, but we're going to start with Michigan. Uh, we have six partners, all from Chicago, and we saw an opportunity and, and jumped in. That is so cool. That is so cool. You talked about the craft idea of it, and I read on your website, you're doing something that's really interesting is that you're connecting the desired sensation to the strain and so that the patient or the consumer doesn't have to try to figure it out on their own. Maybe you can explain a little bit more how that works. So that as just going back a little bit, Dan, we got into this business knowing that we weren't the first people to start a cannabis company. Uh, so we said, how are we going to separate ourselves? And the focus of the company was innovation. We have our facility, and I stand behind this, and I haven't seen anyone who we've walked through since we started this, no matter how long you've been in the business or if you're just you know walking around. And this includes appraisers that said they've ever seen a facility like ours. We, we held no stops. We did a bunch of due diligence, and we basically created what we believe to be in a facility that is not only state-of-the-art, but can be amended to become state-of-the-art if the FDA ever gets involved in this. And so we, when we set out to do that, we spent a lot more money than most people would have ever spent in building a facility our size. And so we basically said, how are we going to distinguish ourselves? And we saw this research that was starting. A lot of it comes out of Israel, and there's thousands and thousands of studies in cannabis. And where we think it's moving is going to be sensation-based. We are not there yet. So I want to clarify that for your listeners. What we do believe is that we can give you occasion-based. Meaning, I can't tell you what this is going to make you feel based on your chemical makeup yet. We don't have those studies yet. But I can tell you with a reasonable degree of certainty that you will feel like this is a more enjoyable experience if you take this particular product at this time, such as working out, such as going on a walk, such as watching a movie or being creative, that and the like. That's an interesting concept is attaching it to the activity, which is really an interesting approach because... Let's face it, most of the time, that's what you want because you're doing an activity and you're like, I don't want to be super messed up doing that. 100%. That's the thing. Unfortunately, still in the market, especially in Michigan, and I have friends who own companies in other states, and we are moving into other states as we're going along here, but everybody cares more about THC. It's okay. I want 28% THC. We'll pay top dollar for it. 
And I think that as we move along with this product and, and it becomes commoditized, I think the entourage effect, and I don't know if you know a lot about that, but the entourage effect is going to be something that's going to be further studied. And I don't think everything is, especially with new users, and I'll be honest with you, some of us getting into our 40s and 50s, people don't want to just be blown out of their mind. So I think the combinations of CBD ratios with THC and CBG are all going to factor in not only for a medicinal standpoint, but recreationally. And when you factor in the knowledge behind those terpenes, you can say, if I have to take this throughout the day to maybe fight depression, maybe fight feeling lethargic, maybe being able to go to sleep at night, maybe enhancing sex, all of these things we feel, while we can't say that they are sensation-based, we can say that the activity that you do while you're under the influence of these particular combinations will enhance that experience. I, I hate to go into anything negative about this because it sounds super exciting, but I always hear this from investors that they're a like little skeptical about the, the trajectory of your sector because where it could be becoming a big commoditized products and everything is assembly lined. But it sounds like what you're doing with this sort of makes you that crafter that would be impossible to be commoditized. Was that part of the decision to go this route? It wasn't the decision why we decided to do this, but we have this saying in our company that every month in the cannabis business is like a dog year. And, (laughs) you know, it's like when we got into this, we were just thinking about it from being separating ourselves from our competitors. As it's evolved in a very short period of time, we do see that company like ours has the ability, uh, and I'm not going to say to survive, but I'm going to say to thrive when and if this industry does become commoditized to the extent that big business gets involved and both federally legal and Wall Street money starts to enter the game. I don't think we're even close to that yet. Do I think there'll always be a place for the aficionado, for the people who go to a very sophisticated liquor store to buy their wine? Or is are you okay with walking into Walgreens and buying whatever they have on the shelf right near the, the register? I think that there will be a massive aspect of this that is a commodity. But I hope that we never lose that aspect of it being an aficionado. And then forget about the fact that it's what the medicinal potential is. I think we are on the horizon of something that we've never seen before in any kind of commodity where it could be an ingredient into other currently existing drugs or may be able to exist on its own. You're right. We're in a brand new frontier here. And and with so many different strains, I just find it impossible to think that they could commoditize every strain and every new strain. I really think that you're onto something. You talked a little bit about maybe other states or blowing out your facility there. What are some plans for expansion or what are some things on the horizon? We're a new company, but we've made some very strong strides pretty quickly. And we're looking actually to expand our grow in Michigan We have an application that's been on file in Illinois since basically COVID hit, and there are an innumerable amount of lawsuits that are pending relative to the awards for the dispensary round, and they haven't gotten around to even letting us know what is going on with the grow round. And like a lot of us, we all have land that we've been holding on to because one of the prerequisites to applying for the grow in Illinois is that you had to have a piece of land. They were going to let us know about the awards back in July, And now we're already into the next year and lots of us have been holding on to land and we don't even really know if if there's a reason for us to do because we don't know if we want. But we are definitely making inroads into New York as well. I went to school out in New York, have a lot of connections with people who have land. So we already surveyed land and we're 
We're going to be applying in New York as well. And the plans are to just move out into as many states as we can, cultivating, hopefully have three or four before this all turns to the federal government's hands. And we're licensing our products already in other states. So I think that's the big thing that's happening now, why a lot of companies are making the the journey to get their licenses in our state. They figure, okay, let's just create a national brand and we'll license with a company like Six Labs. They grow great cannabis. They'll take our strains. They'll do exactly what we want and they'll package them for us and we'll share in the profits. That's a lot what's happening now. And that's got to be so stressful in Illinois, just sitting on dead property going, what do we do for this? Why are we old? Any opportunity for investors within your company or you guys just self-funding? That's a great question. We had a model that we we're always raising. And, and one of the advantages of having most of the guys who started the company in their 40s is that we have not only business sense and, and experience, but we know a lot of people with money. So we were able to raise well into nine figures in about nine months. And we have an obligation to our current investors legally to ask them if they want to reinvest in this next project. And then if not, there's a lot more money available for lending out there. So we're going to try to do it with our current investors and then a few investors and try to actually fund the rest of this ourselves until it gets bigger. Wow. That is great. And you have found yourself in a unique position and I'll have all the links to Joe stuff and also have all the links to six labs. So if there's people out there that would like to carry your products in Michigan, I'm sure somebody from your team, I'm sure will follow back up with them. Or even if you're an investor and you want to convince these guys to take some of your money, I'm sure somebody from Joe's team will at least talk to you. Yeah, we will definitely talk to you. Joe, it's great having you on the show. I appreciate you taking time out today. Yeah, Dan, great. It's been wonderful as well. Thank you very much. If you ever want me back on, I'll be more than happy. For sure. We'll do this again when you get into New York. That'll be for sure. Thanks for listening to today's show. To check out more great cannabis podcasts, go to podconnects.com. Here's a preview of one of our other shows. I'm Joyce Gerber, the creator and host of the award-winning podcast, The Canna Mom Show. And we are on a mission to enhance the impact women have on this industry as business professionals, healthcare providers, policy advocates, caregivers, moms, by sharing and preserving their stories of love and kindness, wisdom, and hope. I am so grateful to have found my tribe of Canada podcasters right here on PodConnex and look forward to our work of crushing the stigma around cannabis and caregivers and building this new industry together.